Do you want to know something really funny? It's I can laugh about it now. Maybe maybe we should put a trigger warning at the, at the beginning of this episode because if some people uh, are triggered by this, it, you shouldn't listen. But like, I'm gonna talk about the time I like uh, tried to commit suicide the first time. Trigger warning. Yes. Yeah, so stop listening if that's gonna bring up some stuff for you. Yeah. But sure. it's actually quite funny. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, on this episode of Low Stockholm, we are talking about all things traumatic, suicide, abuse, mental health. So if any of these things are triggering to you, please turn back now. Otherwise, welcome to the conversation. We love you and welcome to Low Stockholm. Welcome to Low Stockholm. Ska vi dra eller? Ska vi dra, eller? Eller? Åh, <laughs> oh, men nu för fan. Loss Stockholm. Loss Stockholm. Men hur? Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. <laughs> Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? I haven't watched that movie in ages. Yeah. I didn't like the live action. No. Me neither. Yeah, but she doesn't earn like any. I don't like any of the like live actions. And they honestly, they try to like make it too woke. Well, I... I think that's a problem, but I think the major, major fucking problem is that the female characters in the writing, they don't have to earn anything. Like Mulan in the cartoon, she's just a normal person. She doesn't have chi or any of that shit. She just has to learn how to fight, learn how to be a man. And so by the time that she... And by the time that she actually accomplishes those things, you feel a sense of victory for yeah. that character. So that when the live action Mulan is born with a sense of chi, which everybody has, it by the way, like so magic- it's total bullshit. Yeah, it's like magical. It's like a magical, mystical thing that she didn't have to earn. And I don't think that that's the point of fucking feminism. I think that the point is, is that we see female characters go through struggles, go through hardships like we see male characters do. And watch them have victory and triumph over their struggles. So, and we see that with like almost every, like She-Hulk, like everything that's come out is just about something mystical having happened to them. And I don't, (laughs) we had to pick up our pants. It's the tacos still. I gotta get a push-up bra. I feel like I've been. Push those babies up. These little babies. Do you know what happened to me recently? This is like maybe a bit TMI, but I wore these nipple covers (laughs) and they were the expensive ones from Orleans because also... Are they the silicone ones or the... They're like... no, they're they're tapey. You should use the silicone ones. I just bought the silicone ones. They really work. They're good. Because the... uh, What ended up happening was that I I took off as carefully as I could, but it... Yes! Girl, I've because been trying like to heal to my nipples. Because like for it to stay all day, it has to have really strong adhesive. Like, and that's why I like the silicone ones because not only is it like you know environmentally friendly because you reuse it all the time, right? And like I don't wear a bra a lot of the time, and so yeah. I'll just wear those silicone because I don't want to be like nipply, right? Uh, Nippy. <laughs> they work so so good, and I've worn them through like walking through Pride all day, sweating. That's what like, I'm talking about. Like that's off. because you have 
gorgeous boobs. Uh, we, I think we both, we both yeah. have like very different, but very nice boobs yeah. and I love not wearing a bra. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't, I, I like a little safety for me. It just feels like it's more to make other people feel comfortable that I wear. A bra. I know. Right. Yeah. It, like I do have large breasts and it is very like, it feels culturally aggressive when for me, when like a large breasted <laughs> woman doesn't have like has their nipples like it's like so sexual everyone just stares at them like when you have like little petite like tiny tits you can just like have your nipples around everyone's like oh they're just so cute but like yeah you get different looks it really is um when you're like a more voluptuous weirdo (sighs) feminism yeah hi (laughs) welcome back welcome to to los taco currently me and Catherine are what i would call on one uh <laughs> like we're in a special mood right now and so yeah. we thought we should just get real get real deep and weird and uh yeah that no for real and and, and also for those of you who aren't watching the video uh Erin looks like she's about to give a talk on the black panthers <laughs> right now <laughs> i do and or like i'm a beatnik i'm wearing like yeah. very dark yeah. sunglasses and like a beret i'm a little bit like hung over from this office party and these were like bright lights shining my face so i just yeah. thought it would give you a little like you know incognito mode incog- yeah but i do look like i'm about to start doing some slam poetry yeah 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 oh my god a I- man <laughs> no, no there is nothing that she could bring <laughs> hung over to the spring i Aaron, secret, secret about me. Are you I went, actually a slam poet? And even didn't know. I went through a phase in LA. I went through a phase in LA. I was in, I was in acting school and I loved slam poetry. Mind you, this is like 2008. Okay. So yeah, I feel yeah. like it was a different when time. When it was like Def, Def, yeah, Def Def Jam. Po- yeah. Like, Def Poetry and, Slam or whatever it was called. And I used to, and I used to love writing poetry, but it was so like, you know, just. You know what though? It can it is a, le- a lower form of obnoxiousness to me on the poetry scale, <laughs> slam poetry, because like to me, it, like it's much more accessible. It makes sense. It's sort of musical. Yeah. They're saying yeah. stuff. You can be very moved. Has, yeah. Like I hate people reading poetry. Like the the most surefire way to not get into my pants would be to <laughs> read a poem to me and or sing to me. Oh my God. Okay. I have had an... I, I think that I invite that energy in because I've had a lot of dudes sing to me, especially oh, with guitar. Oh, so that no. that moment in Barbie when they're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like eight hours later, they're just like, oh, it's so I was like, I've experienced that. Like I have lived in that. And when I was in high school, I remember a guy asked me to prom like that. I remember someone was like, Catherine, you need to come to the auditorium right away. And I was like, is there a problem with the stage? Like, you know, because I was in theater and like ran down there. And of course, Matt is standing in the middle with his guitar and roses and is prepared to ask me to prom. But little does he know I've already been asked. No, and you already said yes. I listen, I every prom, every homecoming, every spring formal, I said yes to the men that would ask me. And then I would ditch them and go with someone else. <gasps> yeah, I was no, I was a fuckboy. Like is, I was like legit a fuckboy. I know, I know. The only person I didn't ditch was one of my best friends, still friends to this yeah. day, Michael. 
closeted at the time now yeah. openly gay and that was like the best prom that I'm i sure. that i ever did because we were it was it was the first time that i felt like fun like yeah. for real because like i just pressure off yes like, yeah but i i think yeah I, I lived a very uh twisted childhood in that way where like you know my mom was dating a lot when yeah. i was growing up so i think i had like a very warped view of like, like how to date too soon to say yes yeah to the first guy <laughs> yes. oh my god but that uh, does all that does often happen though that you say yes um out of some sort of sort of fear of it may be the no only one person who will asked ask you. me and then someone you really want to go with that's like or super hot like it was just they took a long time you're like oh also but, like when do you learn how to say no like i wish that someone would have just walked me through on how to be like gently let people down i feel like to this day i would probably still just say yes i, feel I like know be, right? like oh, oh yeah is fr as friends yeah it, well just, many maybe of them, it could be a group a group of us yeah yeah like let's all go i i think the worst thing that happened was like when i said yes to i actually asked someone my junior year mm -hmm. i said do you want to go with me because we were like really good friends and i thought it'd be fun and he he said yeah that would be great i'd love to go with you and we pick i picked out a dress he picked out a tie so we'd be matching okay. and then i got asked by who i really wanted you to ditched him after he got a tux that matched your dress catherine you are a fuck boy i okay let's just past tense that okay because <laughs> you i settled no i guess i still am at heart like i don't know i've I, always been the I'm sort of the opposite. Like I've never been a fuckboy. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like have been too. I've put up with a lot. I feel I've like you're too, too classy nice. to be a fuckboy. No, like, I was just. I think it was just too much of a pushover. But like now, but even now, I'm not like a like a. I wouldn't be a fuckboy. I would just be like very honest about. Like, yeah, I'm I can see sex that. With yeah, you and a lot of other people, and I'm not going to commit to you. <laughs> right. I would right. just say that. Like I wouldn't like you know. I don't. The thing I don't get about it, and like we're gonna, t we don't need to go too much into this because we're gonna talk about this at the live pod. But like, I just don't get why they expend the energy. They could like that's the true. pussy is plentiful, plentiful and often free. You really just could just say let's have sex, and most girls would be okay with that. But let's dive into that on the fifteenth. Yeah, that's a good idea. But anyway, so yeah, uh, we're here to do some slam poetry today. No, <laughs> we're talking about therapy. We're talking about therapy with you and me. Going for free in Sweden. <laughs> I people are gonna think we're like hi. This is really funny. We're you like know, we're yeah. dead. So we're like dead sober, sober right which sucks. <laughs> like we would we would be uh, in a much more chill like space if we were high. If we weren't like, sleep we deprived. Wouldn't be, and yeah, sober. exactly. Like now we're like. <laughs> Anyway, this don't. Is, this is why the people come. <laughs> they come for the show, gather. They want to see the clowns dance. Oh my god! Um, but we're going to talk yeah. about something that's actually important to you and I, and mm -hmm. something we have a lot of experience with. Yeah, and that is therapy. <sighs> <laughs> we've okay. all, we've all, most of us have been there, and if you haven't, you probably should go. Uh, I have yet to meet someone who could not benefit, benefit from, from therapy. Ther yeah, I know. Yeah, even the people that I have known to be very healthy and come from a healthy background, I'm like, you still had some shit. Like, you still have because for me, especially, I'm high anxiety driven. Mm -hmm. Like, and very uh, unstable. 
people like you know with depression Mm. that I've noticed that it's how we interact with the world and like how we feel about ourselves so even if you're raised very well like you still have experiences where you're like let down or Mm. people make you feel bad about yourself and it builds a perception I did not have a traumatic childhood at all I had a very like wholesome and good childhood lucky lucky you know the only thing was like maybe financial like it's Mm -hmm. instability at points but like i still because of some of the ways that like i am already as a person and like how i was raised i'd still benefit like i also very anxious Mm -hmm. and i have very high like need to uh please authority figures and like anyone telling me that they're just like literally I guess we could just dive in. Like the like the I have a very strong memory of a, a time my mom told me she was like disappointed in me, and oh. I literally uh, tried to commit suicide. Oh my god, Aaron! I mean, like that's like so. I mean, you could have everything wholesome, and then it's just like you just react. You just need to learn better ways to like react to things. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, for and sure. I think at every point in your life, you can benefit from therapy because you get someone who's gonna like reflect back to you mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. work through. And like give you a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. For you can sure. always be learning. And if you think you know everything, that just proves that you're stupid. <laughs> you nobody, heard it here because first. Because nobody knows everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that whole ego thing, I think, is also really important about therapy, about kind of dropping your perceptions about things. But I'm sorry that you went through that. And oh, I, I even funny. as... It was I only mean, like one of three times I tried to come to it. So I, <laughs> It's just the first time. You know, I was about to say the most fucked up thing where I was like, I've thought about it a lot, but I've never carried through. And the... Do you want to know something really funny? It's I can laugh about it now. Maybe maybe we should put a trigger warning at the, at the beginning of this episode because if some people uh, are triggered by this, it, you shouldn't listen. But, like, I'm going to talk about the time I, like... Uh, tried to commit suicide the first time. Trigger warning. Yes. Yeah, so stop listening if that's going to bring up some stuff for you. Yeah. But sure. it's actually quite funny. Uh, so... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, I was like 11 or something when this happened. You know, it's a very like emotionally unstable age, right? Everything's very dramatic. Uh, and so actually the first thing I did was try to take a bunch of pills. But uh, Very only- female way to do that. Yeah, very female, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way pills that we had around were like aspirin. Nice. That'll just <laughs> put you in a... Like they're not, like she doesn't take any medication, so I just like took a bunch of dramatically a bunch of aspirin. Not only did they not do anything because they were very very expired <laughs> years. You had to wait but for they those were, babies. But they were aspirin, in. and so they did nothing. And I was just like, oh, hmm, disappointed. Uh, and then oh I was God. like, then I got like a knife, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna cut my wrist because I don't want to do that. Maybe. If I- if I, I could stab myself in the stomach, but I didn't do oh my that. God, that is that's some a like, hor- like it's a horrible way to die. But so like I just Japanese. Like, yeah, right. Like, I'm gonna like just knife, end it, and I didn't yeah. do anything. But yeah. I like had thought like maybe I'll do it that way, and so I just like hid it in under my bed. And my mom, my best friend, was at my house at the time. We we're playing like Barbies and stuff, mm-hmm. which is like such a weird juxtaposition. And my mom was sitting on my bed, and she was like, "Why is there a knife here? Is this, like you're afraid of like robbers or something?" And the look on my face of like. <gasps> She let her know me. that like yeah. maybe that wasn't the case <laughs> she got sent home and then my mom and my dad came over they were like very upset you know talking oh through God. yeah I mean, I mean it was like a whole thing yeah because obviously they were quite shocked and scared that's a very scary oh, thing to discover right. about but i just think it's i feel no type of way about it. i just think it's hilarious when i look back like really oh, shit. you're gonna stab yourself in the fucking stomach like a goddamn samurai are you an right. idiot i mean an aspirin what are you gonna do get just really thin blood are you gonna also 
Are you gonna die by paper cut? I took a bunch of aspirin and then I got a paper cut and bled out or something. Was that was that the plan? You know, this <laughs> An is ulcer. A, this is a fucked up thing to say, but it's factual that women are just not good at killing themselves. <laughs> like we're just not. I mean, even if so we're thank good at God. everything else. So you know, <laughs> we just you. I think I, first of all, I'm glad that you didn't have the proper techniques in no. place, yeah. and second, like yeah, apparently. Men are more successful at they tend to pick more violent ways. Of yeah, because well. they don't care about the cleanup. Like oh, we apparently, we like look cute. We're very vain. About. Yeah, we yeah. we don't we don't want to be left behind in such a violent way. Yeah. And like you know, so most of the time we're using pills, medication, uh, cutting, and, and usually you're kind of like laying there and like looking. Yeah, pretty and it in takes it takes like... longer for those methods to work. So usually someone comes home or like they know about you yeah. and intervenes and and saves us. Yeah. Uh, so even though, so women try more, but men are more successful, That's which is a, really sad, by the way, like having lost people to suicide, yeah. it's just such a traumatic and mm. awful thing. Uh, and I have had a super traumatic childhood. I mean, I had a, a wonderful childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like growing up, um, both in Colorado and half in Florida, I had a lot of time outdoors. I had great friends. Like it wasn't, but you know, um, certain things my dad was like a major alcoholic Mm. for 50 years my brother and my cousins were major users of drugs Mm. especially during the opioid pandemic i lost a cousin due Mm. to due to an overdose um my mother has been married four times now Mm. i think so i've had a lot of men in and out of my life and i think that really shaped me in in as into my fuckboy mode honestly mm-hmm. and like because i didn't understand how to have healthy relationships no. and i didn't know like what that looked like yeah what that looked like and also about how to read warning signs and people mm. that are really unhealthy and bad for you but let's say you probably even flipped that the things that are warning signs you probably took as like oh these are signs of love yes yeah, this is what definitely. it's supposed this is what's good and also like mm. now that i'm an adult looking back on it i i think what's so crazy is that we still have a perception that I, I, people who are confident well put together charismatic mm. are actually people that you should look out for like mm. because I, there was more incidences of those confident attractive people who would end up becoming extremely controlling or abusive Mm, mm. and you would never know that by by meeting them and it takes some time for them to have control and power and manipulation over you yeah they're they're really good at the manipulation yeah yeah exactly so Mm. it was uh you know and like seeing my mother have been abused by Mm. people like that and and to have heard the violence and everything it was just extremely traumatic and Mm. and hard to get over and this is where we get into therapy right so i'm like 13 and my mom's like this bitch like because i was acting out obviously like and i to me looking back on it i don't think it was that bad i was going out with my friends i was drinking and i was learning how to fuck you know like she was afraid you're gonna come home with knocked up knocked up and i did and you and she didn't take that well either and sent Mm. me off to get an abortion alone Mm. which was Mm. also super traumatic um but (laughs) so i now looking back on it i'm just like yeah but that's like teenager shit like that's what happens Mm. you know um but so at at i think 12 or 13 my mom had caught me cutting yeah but i was a little bitch i wasn't cutting my wrists i was cutting my legs uh I wanted a release of the pain. And 
common. Your thighs. I know. Yeah, my mm. thighs. And uh, also because I hated my thighs. I hated my body. Mm. I was told, mm. especially growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, that if you didn't Thunder have... Thunder thighs, yes. thick thighs. Yes. Yeah, I got that too. <gasps> oh, my mm. God. And it's so funny to look at pictures of myself and go, oh, bitch, you were so thin. Honestly, like, you Catherine, didn't even know. I say this all the time. I was like, I wish I was as fat as the first time I called myself fat. <laughs> Which is like half my body. So (laughs) true, right? I know. And I just, I I feel really lucky that I married someone that is so into my body and like makes me feel so good. And Mm -hmm. like, so I'm very, even though I still struggle sometimes, I feel much more comfortable. But like when's the first time you went to therapy? I was, yeah. So after she got me uh, cutting, uh, I think I was 13 Mm. maybe. And we tried to go to a a psychologist who uh i think we tried two different people Mm. uh very formal Mm. extremely formal sit there with your notepad notepad and and how do you feel about that And as like a 13 year old, I'm like, suck my dick, you yeah. know, like what? Fuck you. Um, Not all therapists are made equal. That's for damn sure. I, I, and it is like dating. You got to find the right one for you. Dude. I mm. mean, therapists are people too, yeah. you know, and they, and learning methods of therapy has changed so much throughout the past hundred years, yeah. even that it's anyway. So we, we went finally, my mom ended up going to this therapist for her uh, because she, she needed felt like she needed therapy as well. Yeah. um, Super amazing. Mm. Like I still think that that was a life changing Mm. thing for us because Mm. that was one of the best experiences that I think we ever had because she was a family therapist. So she would, she had individual therapy with my mom also with you two together. And I started going to her individually Mm. and then she suggested that we do dual therapy Mm. which was (laughs) like i love dual therapy because then i'd say she my therapist would say you can say to me whatever you want to say to your mom and i will translate this okay and so i was like i think she's being a bitch (laughs) you know and then catherine is not having her needs met right yeah yes yes like a hundred a hundred safety and confirmation and she yeah and like you know my mom would do the exact same thing (laughs) and those sessions were so moving because then when i heard the therapist say um, you could hear it yeah i could hear it but i mean I me and my it. husband we go to a relationship therapist now because yeah, it's we like do too yeah, yeah i mean it does you don't have to start this when you're having problems because like it can be because you're having problems but it's so helpful mm-hmm. to have that neutral referee in the relationship <laughs> because everyone yeah. has their shit even if yeah. you have like a happy relationship like you you have your shit that you have against each other you each have your attachment patterns you each have you get especially if you're together for a long time you yeah. get these yeah. patterns and they become quite rigid and it's actually hard it, you end up fighting when you fight about the same stuff right oh and all like, the time you're bringing up stuff from 2000 oh yeah you know, oh, remember fuck. 2017 yeah, yeah. Blah, blah blah yeah so it's nice to have that neutral person be like okay look are you hearing Aaron, what he's saying are you doing this when are you confirming those people or do you immediately right. go into defense mode and start like tearing like arguing down how we sh- you can't argue down how someone feels like you oh, know what yeah. i mean stuff like that right, that's like right going into my things but uh i it's expensive as fuck oh but- god you know we, we <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> we tried both though i mean we tried because here in sweden we're lucky enough to have state care and yeah. we went to us we went to a relationship therapist for this from the state kind of it's oh. like 
a low a much lower price oh. it's like it was 500 a <gasps> session or 450 a session Wait, for the first five the... session no for total what? for both of us yeah uh, we're paying can, like sixteen hundred each time. Yeah, and that, but we've tried that. We've yeah. tried going to the expense of therapy, and we've also done like state provided yeah. therapy. But state provided therapy is also like, uh, yeah, you still get charged money for it, yeah. and there's a limited amount of sessions yeah. because they have so many people that yeah. they need to get through. But when did have you gone to individual therapy? I have in my life, yeah, but not here in Sweden. When's, but like I like for me. I would say the first therapy I started going to was like the first time I had a panic attack uh, when I was oh, in, in medical school. No, that's when it got really bad. But the first time I ever had panic attacks was in uh, college. Uh, so okay. in my life, like I've always been someone who's like, if you meet me, you think I'm like very, you know, easygoing, happy, like da 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 da. And I am those things. But like when I was in my high school age, I made this decision, which is really funny, where I was like, I'm only going to feel happy. What? Yeah, I literally, I was like, all the other emotions that are negative, I'm just not going to feel them. Wow. Like okay. water off a duck's back. Did something happen? Is it connected to something? Or I was it just a, this is how I'm going to live from now I, on kind of vibe? Nothing happened to me. I just like decided that I want to be this identity and I was going to be the happy cheerleader friend to everyone no drama with anyone person and i didn't want to feel i can those... kind of see that though like you yeah. are bubbly and like hot enough also for the like cheerleader oh, mode of you. like yeah i think i'm like a strong seven but thank you but uh, i and... also call myself a seven no bitch you're an eight like oh, a nine you, but... right now with the black panther oh, look okay, no sorry. but i mean i always thought i was like i was like i'm a strong seven with a fantastic personality which mm. combined makes me a 10 but like we don't have to go into that <laughs> yeah i kind of feel the same way yeah i agree yeah uh but anyway <laughs> uh so i decided that so when i got to college and okay so i'm going from a small school environment mm -hmm. i've been going to school with everyone since i was 10 i feel very psychologically safe i'm very smart i easily get you know basically straight A's for the most part besides math and like I go to college and then you're not the smartest person there because yeah, right. everyone was the smart people at their school and mm -hmm. now you're not that and mm -hmm. school became really hard and I felt trapped where I was everyone was like I went to school in the south and I was like everyone's so Christian and like no one does anything inch I mean it just was a completely different background from what I had come from mm -hmm. and I felt trapped mm-hmm and the first time I remember I was at I was at my like student job. I was working in the office, like the post office mm -hmm. uh, of oh, the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually a really fun job. But and I literally felt like I was having a heart attack and I like fell on the floor and I was mm -hmm. like, I'm dying. It's really like, scary. It's super like I thought like I like I'm dying now. Yeah. And then, you know, go Your to the doctor, like, everything yeah. and like you can't breathe and da da da. And, like you had a panic attack. And it, anyone who's had this for the first time the first thing you're like no i did not fucking i yeah I no dying. i was dying did you check did you actually do the like yeah. ekg whatever so they're like no and so then they sent me to like the school therapist because they wanted me to learn uh tools to manage it uh without starting medication okay. right away that's which i appreciate it yeah, so good. i think i got some like some benzos at first to just like if Calm you have an down. emergency yeah. like whatever but like then i started going to therapy and i learned some really good tools to mm -hmm. manage it and it, things were fine until i went to medical school and the same thing happened again but mm. it was way worse because now i was 
even more smart people and even harder education and then the weight of like this is what I've always wanted everyone is so proud of me I'm like African-American and I'm like walking down the street with my white coat and like old black people are like good job for the community <laughs> young lady yeah, and like Lola, right, you're like right. oh my god so now I'm letting down all black people everywhere if I like fail out of the shit so then I was just like that's when I was having like four or five panic attacks a week oh i God. was on medication like i was on zoloft like my blood pressure was Damn. really high they wanted to yeah. put me on blood pressure medication like Shit. i was just like everything was falling apart and this that's why i like also why i quit school and the funny thing is uh, i mean and talking about trying to com commit suicide like i didn't because the thing is like, i don't know if you felt this when i have really really high anxiety it's not that i want to kill myself but i don't want to be alive anymore yeah if that makes sense a hundred percent i was just like i i was just like i can't do life like i was very aware that people loved me and that like i would be missed i didn't feel like the dark depression feeling mm -hmm. but i just feel like i can't if this is the life like oh it's like bringing it back up we've been talking it about just, like i just don't want to do it and uh so i mean i had like started like packing up my uh my apartment because oh, i was just man. like i didn't want my parents to have to do that I know. See, this is like also so typical in women as well that we like want. No, but seriously, like not to be sexist yeah, about exactly, it. But, yeah. but we just are are thinking about what what is the aftermath for everyone else living here. And if we're going to cause those people pain, yeah. then we don't want to give them any more pain than necessary. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I like, really, yeah. I would say one thing that I thought about a lot. And this is in if my mom hears this, she will like be so mad and not agree with this at all. But I sort of felt like, well, my mom has my sister because we're she's my half sister. Mm -hmm. But my dad just has me, so I was like, I can't die. No, I think about those things too. I thought I had that exact would, same thought. I'm would, my mom's only daughter, but yeah. my mom, my dad has other kids, yeah. so I totally understand. And I was like, this would destroy him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was just like, I can't do it. But that's like also the time like I ran away to Sweden for the mm. like for vacation, like, yeah. and I just like was really irresponsible. I was like, I need to get out of here life-changing decision and like that's when i and when i quit school when i turned in the letter of resignation i went uh had an appointment the next day to look at my blood pressure because they had wanted to put me on blood pressure medication because oh, right. it was so high all mm -hmm. the time and my blood pressure was 120 over 80 100 <gasps> normal oh my god and that's the day i also and don't do this like you're not supposed to just stop taking your like ssris right. uh without the doctor weaning you off so i do not recommend it but on that day i also stopped taking that and i just never have and i have had anxiety in the interim but like the my coping mechanisms that i learned from like therapy previously i they they're fine like yeah. they help me in this situation because yeah. i mean i was going to therapy during medical school too and that she was not fucking helping me all they told me was like i was an alcoholic because they're like you know you'd fill out the thing how many times a week are you yeah. are you drinking and they're like you know you're self-medicating your anxiety but it makes it worse if you drink you know it makes your anxiety worse uh but i was just like that i don't care <laughs> Let me just say, though, in Sweden, that that's also something that I find concerning about mm. therapy. Have you been to therapy here? Mm. And just Sweden? a re relationship therapist. Yeah. Well, because I think the other weird thing was that when I started therapy with that woman, the family mm -hmm. therapist, I stayed there. I went every week mm. until I was 18. Oh, wow. Like that's I a really went, long. It was extremely long. Yeah. And, and it was a transformative relationship that mm. I think helped what make a safe and stable place, safe, to have stable yeah. conversations. And, and that I had so much to work through, mm. you know, I was so angry mm. and like, uh, lonely. And, and it was just, so I think that there was a lot to unpack, but that I also never managed 
to grasp the ideas until I was older. No, you know? I mean, but like your brain, your brain is still developing. So I yeah. don't think that that's strange at all. But I also think that America has like a sense of once you're in therapy, you're there for life. Like I know people who are years and years and years but like but that's like, also the argument against therapy some people have they're like why should i do therapy they just want to take my money and make me go for the rest of my life and I, yeah i don't i don't think that you have to go for the rest of your life but i think at many different points in your life you could benefit from going like it can be like you know do a re-up yeah yeah re-up like and that that's what happened uh so here like post okay so 2020 uh was one of the scariest tumultuous times mm. i was in new york originally trying to start yeah, my stand-up i, remember con- you were in new york, I yeah. decided to go in january right before, yeah right before and mm. i love how i knew what covid was but i was like this is going to be like the swine flu this is going to blow no over one took it like, seriously. no except for and me i, I like, had ordered two boxes of masks and everyone said i was shut like the fucking, fuck up, did yeah you? i really did i told my i told my colleagues i was like i don't know guys this feels like it's going to be serious. I'm just going to buy some masks. And they're like, what? You're crazy. They couldn't get masks. <laughs> That's what I was or toilet that. paper yeah. at that time. So Aaron was extremely smart. Uh, but so I, I came back to Sweden because there was nothing for me to do in New York. And I was no. just going to run out of money. So yeah. I came back here penniless and not being able to do what I do for a living mm. and doing anything. Uh, I couldn't do voiceovers. I couldn't do... Um, stand-up comedy and i just got insanely depressed mm-hmm. i mean i went back to school i i learned that's when i started really learning swedish like yeah. for real the first time and i started working in a restaurant again and thank god i got a job at a really good restaurant which unfortunately closed mm-hmm. now after after all that but uh i had to do something because my mood swings were so out of control and I was so angry and Mm -hmm. I had learned I think from my dad's side of the family uh in alcoholism and drug abuse that the the fighting was really violent on Mm -hmm. that side plates thrown Mm -hmm. people hitting each other it was just really crazy Mm -hmm. and I felt like in adulthood I was starting to understand that because in the moment it felt like this rush of great energy that I could like get out in the moment. Mm. But then afterward I would have this like horrible downfall Mm. of like terrible feelings. And I just, my husband was like, you got to do something. Like, I don't know what's wrong, but you have got to do something. Mm. And it's hard to hear that from your partner because I thought I'm not crazy, you know, like, and he's like, I know, but you know, something's not right. And I did go to CBT, uh, cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy for the first time, which was extremely helpful the first few months yeah. because it kind of just started to make me understand that your thoughts are so connected to how you physically feel. Yeah. And I did like six months of that mm-hmm. and I stopped going and I still, you know, just felt a bit bad and lost because now I had done years of like psychoanalyzing Mm. therapy about my childhood. Then I did CBT that was just about controlling my thoughts, but I couldn't connect those things together. Like Mm. I couldn't connect my family trauma and like my daily life together and understand what the fuck was going on. And I didn't want to go back to that therapist because I didn't have that same connection. Mm. And I, I really, struggle feeling heard like i know that they're providing techniques and i know that they're providing stuff but i needed i needed someone to listen like actually listen Mm -hmm. so 
I went back to, uh, <laughs> I love how I'm going to like freedom's plan, boards and troll. Like mm-hmm. I went back shout there, out. shout out. <laughs> and I, I went back there and I was in such a bad place at that time where I was really, really angry. I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. I, I just was having such a hard time that I went back in there and the first nurse that I spoke to without even expecting it just completely broke down in front of her. It was, mm. it was kind of scary because I didn't expect you didn't that to that happen. That I didn't know it. Yeah. Mm. And I was like shaking, you know, it was mm. almost like on the verge of a panic attack and I felt my heart mm. racing, you know, and she felt, she like touched my arm and she goes, it's okay. Like we're mm. going to, we're going to figure this out. Mm. And they had me meet with a medical doctor okay. first to mm. see like, okay, like, do you need medication? Do you need analysis? Like what's going on? And uh, maybe this is also a combination of ADHD. If mm. you're not, you know, like, cause your symptoms of depression, mood swings, mm. this could be a lot of, things. a lot of things, yeah. you know? So we need to analyze what's going on. Then I met with a therapist mm. and they met. And uh, so like, I they felt don't send you to like a, a psychologist here, like a medical doctor with a mental health like no, focus because no. in the u.s that's where you were good because they're the ones right, who like prescribe right. i met with this guy and i first of all did not want a male therapist no. i wanted to talk to a female like no shade against males i just wanted to be safe yeah, i guess yeah. and i wanted to be able to talk about things from a female perspective and not be that's not weird so i requested a female therapist and they said no i you know give this guy a chance and this guy also did not speak great english okay and so i then said, you're worried like is he going to really understand? And, me? and this fucking, he like fought for me. He's like, he's like, please give me a chance. Let's mm. do a few sessions and see how it goes. He's completely changed my life. Really? Uh, after the first couple of sessions, he said, I think what would be a positive thing would be to try metacognitive therapy, oh. which is an understanding of emotions. Mm. So it was the perfect. And I mean like the perfect connection. He's for your me. stutes. He's my Stutes. Yeah. yeah, he is. Oh my God. It's so much like, and I love Stutes as yeah. well, by the way, that's yeah. also great therapy, but he, uh, he really helped me understand these are the emotions that you felt when you're a child. Here we are today mm. as you an adult and you're connecting these things to this. Mm. And uh, we did things in therapy. Like I think one of the most transformative experiences I had was he said, we're going to induce a panic attack here in the room. Okay. Uh, and I was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're not and like no thank you we're not doing that and he goes okay i'm in this room with you uh i i know that you're going to survive it you know that you're going to survive it so we're going to induce a panic attack and i'm going to teach you how to calm yourself down mm. and i was like great <laughs> like thanks we brought up an extremely traumatic memory mm. he had me close my eyes he had me envision it he had me remember the smells that were Mm. in the room and it induced a panic attack Mm. and it was really really scary Mm. and he said okay so like he had me pay attention to my heart he goes okay put yourself in your body tell me where you're feeling things Mm. and I had to verbalize where things were in my body he tells me what are the thoughts that you're thinking Mm. what's going through your head and after it the first time that we did that it felt like an eternity right but like i felt just a few minutes a few minutes it was like yeah. probably less than 10 minutes like five ten but minutes I think, I think it's so transformative so it was amazing to be able to get those tools because like even though it hasn't been as sorry as intense as uh this you're going through like the relationship therapist that rasmus and i are seeing 
uh, is she also is like a metacognitive therapist and oh, a sexologist cool. yeah yeah so like one of the things that she's like really helped us do is get in touch with the feelings mm. where you're feeling it in your body to stop fighting the feelings and let the feeling like fe- actually feel the feelings Feel and feelings. realize that you don't need to be afraid and fight them because all of the other shit that you're dealing with is because you're fighting the feeling. Like you can feel the sadness, you can feel the anxiety and you can just be okay Yeah. and let it move through you. And like, it just like, you make it so much worse when you're like pushing it down. Like when we're talking about like our attachment styles and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, especially. And so like that has been really also life-changing in my whole way of understanding how you even also talk to somebody else when you're going through these things and how to like reframe the language like what is the feeling stop saying all the other things what is the feeling right let's work from there and that's like really helped like we do it to each other like there are only seven feelings what is one of the feelings i know that was also mind-blowing yeah because when he was teaching me that he's like what are you feeling and i was like frustrated he's He's like like, that's not a feeling and I was like angry and he's like, okay, like let's work with that. And where is that and happening? And where is that happening? Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've been also wanting my husband to start learning about, but he uh, has a book. We both are reading a book about mm. metacognitive therapy okay. and it's... Um, my therapist also has an app. If you oh, want to use it. Please it's recommend. Like, it's a med- meditation app that yeah. focuses on how to do like guided medica- meditation through each of the different feelings. So you can like put it on and it like helps you work through it and also tools it's really it's on the app store i think i think uh and also like what i love about the therapist that i go to is he's extremely validating i, I think love that he fought for you me how beautiful too. it actually almost makes me want to cry because should, like, he's, him, he's, like, he's cookies or something i fucking know like he uh oh my god he would he would say like if I walked in and told him about some really fucked mm. up thing that happened in my day, he would always start by saying, I'm so sorry you're going through that. That sounds really hard. Mm. How are you doing? Mm. And like just to start therapy like that with some validation mm. and with someone saying, hey, I'm so sorry that you're going through that was like very transformative. But also knowing you and, and knowing so much of like things that have happened to you that you have shared, yeah. like having someone show up for you like that in that way. That's also not an authority figure, but in this sort of like a person to make you feel safe and to see you like how beautiful is that? It, it's pretty amazing. And like mm. he, he always like, uh, I think our relationship is also like so personal. Like that's something with the CBT therapy. By the way, I hate that I'm wearing sunglasses while we're talking no, 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 about this no, no, series. No, 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 I feel no, like no, I'm no, not. No, I'm no, not. I'm not. Like no, you're like it's fine. <laughs> but like the previous therapist, the CBT therapist, I'd never felt this like personal connection. Mm. Where like now this new therapist that I go to, like he knows so much about my life. You know that he'll he'll remind me. He'll go, uh, but why are you afraid of that? And I'll go, well, it's scary. And he goes, Catherine, you get up on stage every night and do one of the scariest things in the world. I mean, you overcome that fear every day. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like also super validating mm-hmm. that someone knows me so well and like understands. Things. Not just like, like uh, oh, what did it say in the notes right? about you again? Yes. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. that, and I feel uh, just incredibly lucky mm-hmm. and, and so uh, so empowered and it's taught me 
just how to survive better in the world in general. And, and I think a thought that is running through my head a lot nowadays is you never know what people are going through. You do not. And it's made me a lot more calm towards people. And because, compassionate maybe. Yeah, definitely mm. more compassionate and understanding towards people that when someone's having like a freak out on the train or something, I think before like two or three years ago, I would have like backed away from that person and like ran in the other direction and thought they were crazy. Mm. But now I'm like, oh shit, like this person's having a panic attack. Like yeah. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to, if they need anything, I'm here mm. or like, because I've had people do that for me. Yeah. I don't know if we have time for this, but one of the most amazing things when I found out that my, when I found out that my brother died, my mom called me and just, I was on the subway mm. going to a party. She goes, where are you? And I was like, I'm going out. And she's like, okay, you need to sit down. And I said, okay. And she said, your brother died. And it was like, I stopped, mm. you know, and like, I was sitting next, it was a crowded train mm. I was on and this lady was sitting next to me and I said, but how, why did he like, and I started talking and then I hung up the phone and I just stared like blankly into mm. space mm. and I felt this lady reach mm. and put her hand on me mm. and I looked at her and she just said, I'm so sorry. It was, and I, and I just started crying mm. and she, and I said, can I give you a hug? And she goes, of course. Mm. This is the most like weird thing about Swedish people. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, because it's like, like it normally, you wouldn't expect that. Never, never. Yeah. And I still wish to this day, like if that woman is out there because I never saw her again. Even like she just got people me like through that this. to me are like angels. angels. Mm. No, she was like sent to me in this moment and like got me through this, mm. this horrific moment of like hearing the more worst news. Mm. And, and in that way, like, I sometimes feel that Swedish people are known for being like cold or reserved, mm. but I think that there is a quiet camaraderie. Mm. Like I feel like when it comes down to the nitty gritty, it's like real shit, it's real shit. Mm. And that I've seen it happen more than mm. one time. Like I've, I saw a man being mean to his girlfriend and shouting at her. A group of Swedish people came over and broke them up and mm. was like, Hey, you both need to calm down mm. or like you need. And so I've just seen these like incidences like that, where there is this thing that, that happens and comes over people. Mm. And I just, love that about being here and I don't know I I'm very grateful for the therapy systems that are set up here and I feel very like protected and I hope that everyone is getting the help that they need mm. and like everyone should yeah like you said not not everybody has traumatic backgrounds but everybody needs to go really at some point or like yeah have check-ins we can all learn things. better ways to be better ways to be towards the people we love in our lives who often yeah. uh, receive the most shit from us um yeah. uh better better ways to be towards ourselves mm. i would i would challenge anyone who's listening to tell me that they have never spoken meanly to themselves or yeah. you know been you know what i mean I, and everyone does it and how do you handle like this world is fucking crazy oh like, yeah and the information is constant <laughs> yeah and it's often yeah. geared towards the negative and like life can be hard and like sometimes it's just nice to talk to someone whose job it is to listen mm -hmm. and also not dump all that shit 
on the people around you yeah. and like entangle so, sort of like your own relationship stuff mm -hmm. into that. Like, I think it's just nice to have that other person, even though I recognize that this is a privilege that absolutely not everyone can afford. Mm. It's expensive. And for some people, even at 500 a session, that would be very, a lot. that would be a lot yeah. of money. And so like, it is sort of like a luck, a luxury that, mm -hmm. Like going to the dentist, which shouldn't be a luxury. It should just be something you get. Oh my god! Get. Don't get me started. We can we can we can that's go off another, on the dentist. That's uh, another episode. <laughs> I have stories, but I uh, yeah. I I think void central, like what what you are able to get provided here in Sweden, because they have a system where you pay a certain amount of mm. money and then you have reached the limit. Yeah, and you exactly. don't pay anymore. Mm. And right now, my sessions are 250 kroner. That's amazing. It is amazing. So, like, I feel that that's affordable for most people. And, like, I'm always encouraging people to get help and especially mm. to search through these channels because a lot of people have, like, heard about my therapeutic experience yeah. in MC in uh, metacognitive therapy. And they're like, this must be a private person. I'm yeah, like, they it's can't not. Believe. It's, I mean, a, it's I honestly, a social. I would have never believed that you could have gotten it through Ward Central. I also I, think I was lucky. But still, like, like I was I, lucky I got him. You were, but I think that maybe for our favorite things, when we do a post, we should do a post that focuses on resources. Mental health and resources. Yeah, definitely. And just from your own personal experience, like tips tricks whatever because like we have people who are swedish we have people who are not swedish who are navigating a system mm -hmm. that they're not familiar with mm -hmm. and like maybe somebody who's listening needs this yeah yeah definitely i think that's a great idea yeah i would i would do both as well like i think some yeah books uh yeah methods apps uh and the public system like you're talking about yeah. i could contribute a post to we'll like ha that. my my whole thing about that but we'll think about it and make sure that you guys get whatever you need to be you know mentally fit mm -hmm. for 2024 let's yeah. let's leave our i mean you can bring your baggage with you but like oh, let's yeah. not let it control us <laughs> yeah in fact you're looking at baggage right now hello uh, but yeah, seriously, if you're out there and you're struggling, just, yeah, like two girls that sat here and openly admitted that we've had suicidal thoughts and gone through horrible things and it's, uh, it's, it's okay. Like it, it's okay to have survived it and to talk about it. And you're so, not abnormal. No. Yeah. That's also super important is that I felt very abnormal for a long time. And the longer, the more open I am about it and talk to people, the more you realize. so many people have said, thank you so much for opening up about this. I feel the same way. And that makes me feel a lot less lonely and, and more comfortable. I think especially this day and age, we're all trying to be like our Instagram version. So yeah. like, that's not real. No. But I'm we glad we talked about I'm this. I'm glad we talked about this. We love you. We and love we're you glad so you much. And we hope that after this you don't feel sad that you just feel like you're not alone and yeah. hopefully even maybe empowered to do something if you feel like you need a little extra help we all do definitely but until next time yeah. uh yeah and don't forget we're doing a live <laughs> yeah you can come and like drink tequila with us and we'll cry about this together that actually sounds good <laughs> i love that i think that's a fun time but yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time okay. everybody we love you bye stop <laughs> Stop kissing the people. Sorry. Uh.